0: Welcome into Pac-12 Football and Beyond for this Friday, June 19th. Hope all is well. Hope you are safe as we take you around the world of college football and the Pac-12 recapping the week that was. We're excited to be with you as always. Exciting things going on for us that um, we've been telling you about in each of our shows, and we can't wait to get into more of that. As always, We're thankful for the great folks at 401k Generation that bring you this podcast. Um, They are good partners, and they can take care of you with regards to your financial health, Uh, the ability to be able to take you through down markets, up markets, prepare for your future, increase your wealth, um, certainly protect your wealth. Anything regarding investment inquiries, money management, they can help you with. They specialize in setting up 401Ks for businesses. They do so many things. They're also licensed in all 50 states, so they can help you regardless of where you're hearing this podcast. 1-866-998-5879 is the number to call. No obligation phone call or text. Um, will give you more of information about what they are all about, how they can help you. So we're really, really excited to have them part of our team. They've been with us for a long time, all fall, and they're rocking and rolling. We're really excited to, to have them part of the family. Again, one eight six six nine nine eight five eight seven nine. 866 Also a reminder um, that it's certainly getting this podcast to your phone, is something we highly encourage. How do you do it? Sign up for Landry Football's conference call to go right to your phone. Uh, you want to make sure that you do that, and uh, that way you're getting this podcast and all the podcasts associated with LandryFootball.com. Which, by the way, we're excited that we're going to be adding what I think tremendous improvements to our Landry Football podcast team. You know, I am going to, um kind of get back to doing a national college show and a national uh, NFL show and do that um, a couple of times a week and uh, transitioning some really good folks in different positions, including this Pac-12 show, into a couple of fine hands. We don't have the final details yet, but... We are really excited about what we're going to be able to bring in. Not going anywhere, still going to be there to talk Pac-12 football with you over on um, the website uh, and on my forums on the national shows. But the detailed uh, Pac-12 football talk, uh, we're going to transition that. Big 12, we're going to have, um, you know, same thing, Big 10, ACC. SEC gumbo is – going to be done by Blake Rafino. We can announce that. That's going to start on Tuesday. And we're looking at uh, doing some video streaming through Twitch that's going to allow you to interact with a guest on a regular basis. So um, I appreciate uh, your patience and your support, and we think we're just going to improve this and make this better. Still probably will provide some film room breakdowns during the season and whatnot in each conference. We'll be doing a lot of things, and certainly that's going to be available for you at LandryFootball.com. So we're so excited. Spread the word. Make sure that you stay tuned for all the latest information regarding this. Um, We also want to remind you with that, as LandryFootball.com is working on um, all the latest information around um, the world of college football recruiting, the NFL, recruiting boards, free agent boards, draft boards for next year, roster analysis and breakdowns on the college and pro game. We've got it all for you there. So make sure that you check it out. Make sure that you take advantage of the scouting season offer at LandryFootball.com. Less than $5 a month. So you will absolutely love it. Take advantage of it. So let's get into some talk. Hey, a quick little note nationally. Um. Alabama, Ohio State scheduling a home and home. That's exciting. It's gonna be twenty seven and twenty-eight. Um so Nick Saban won't be there. Or Ryan Day be there. So what is that gonna mean? Gonna be real interesting, but what uh, what a great dynamic matchup. Wouldn't wouldn't you give anything to have a matchup like that? Uh, Nick this year next year or last year it would have been great. Uh but some uh, good matchup there for two of the elite powers of college football. Interesting notes is everybody's kind of putting together their little um mandates and plans with regards to welcoming back players. Michigan, their athletic director, um uh Ward Manuel, which is uh interesting because I uh recruited Ward Manual from New Orleans, um to LSU, and he's now at Michigan. He's saying that uh, the players who who do not follow health policies, um, including the requirements of wearing masks, could be removed from the team. So we're obviously getting a lot of folks that are going different things, whether it is discussions about signing little agreements um, to protect liability, In the school, if a player gets sick, you know, people are critical of it. I understand that point, but also understand that, look, there needs to be some responsibility taken, and I realize they're kids, but if they're going to be negligent and they're not going to wear masks when they go to a frat party or whatever, they're going to run the risk of infecting the team, infecting people in the athletic community at the school. And there's a responsibility that comes with that. And I, I tend to understand that. I mean, I, listen, I get it. We, we all have responsibilities. They're not employees. But you know what? They're on scholarship. This is to protect them, and it's to protect their teammates, and it's to protect their coaches, it's to protect their trainers, and everyone associated with the program. And while different folks may go about it a little different way, I think the bottom line is it shows a couple of things. One, the difficulty of making sure that players are exercising good judgment on and off campus, and I emphasize off campus because it be a bar off campus, you know, the social distancing with a math is not going to be adhered to that's going to be the biggest problem we're having an outbreaks right now in college and i got nobody on campus i mean i don't know anybody that's in the summer semester it's either intersession or summer semester in colleges right now that's they're all doing you know online classes the schools that are welcoming back students in the fall you're going to have thousands and thousands of students. It's going to be much more difficult to contain this, folks. I've said it over and over again. For all the people that keep asking, Oh, we going to have a season? We're going to have a We're going to attempt to have a season. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to sound like. And I don't know who's going to get through it healthy or not. Strap it on. It's going to be a wild ride. In fact, I think it's going to override the season. I think it's going to continue to be the biggest story, unfortunately, of the season, which is week in and week out, any news about somebody testing positive for the coronavirus, that news is going to take over the whole news cycle of that week's game. I mean, it's pure and simple. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, I think if we have key games and nobody's test, well, then that's going to be like a relief. You know, so it's going to be like a hold your breath all week. And then you've got the issue of when will the will there be a shoe that drops? You know there's going to be investigative reporting about, hey, anybody tested positive? Hey, did y'all test this week? There's going to be a lot of questions to try to unearth, well, how often is this school testing players versus another? If you're not testing, you're not testing because you don't want to know because if you test this week, they've got to sit out this week and next week in the big game. I think there are a lot of things that are going to be interesting and unusual this year all around the country. How it relates in the Pac-12, UCLA is going to begin to allow players to return. Have um, on the 22nd, so Monday – Phase one, they're a little bit behind some of the others, certainly out west here. Um, the first phase will consist of testing for COVID-19. Um, phase two um, is when the actual workouts and such will be allowed to start up. Um, the, the players have been obviously cleared to return for voluntary workouts starting June 15th, but schools and California are dealing with a much more complicated issue with stricter state guidelines. So we'll see. It's a positive sign. Uh, We don't know the ladies from Stanford, USC, and Cal, um, but I'm sure that they're going to follow suit. Speaking of UCLA, let's get into some recruiting news. Um, And by the way, we're going to break down Washington State and – uh, Colorado today as we begin to preview the season. Um, UCLA received the verbal commitment from three-star wide receiver Isaiah Newcomb, 6'1", 185, managed to visit the Bruins on an unofficial visit during the spring prior to the shutdown. Uh, really liked it, and uh, he's a, a number 10 prospect in the state of Arizona. Third uh, receiver pledge in this class to date. Arizona, speaking of Arizona, received the verbal from three-star athlete Cole Baston, uh, an athlete designation is chance to be a contributor, both receiver and safety. But it's likely headed to Arizona play on the defensive side of the ball. He's six four. He's one ninety five. Uh, Washington State, BC, Maryland, group of five schools as well. San Clemente High School product is a um, top one hundred player in the state of California. Washington gets a verbal from three-star cornerback Dyson McCutcheon is the product of Bishop Ahmad High School in California that they – the Huskies have always recruited pretty hard. 5'10", 168-pounder, defensive back, Michigan, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, most of the Pac-12. Dayton McClutchin, a former USC player who spent several seasons uh, with the Cleveland Browns, um, now got eight commitments to the Huskies for the 2021 class. Oregon's recruiting – at a really high-level day in USC. More on that in a minute. Uh, Oregon getting a verbal from four-star wide receiver Tony Franklin this week. Alabama, Washington, Arizona State, and Oregon. Um, Really good get for them, obviously. uh, Menlo Atherton High School in California is uh, a top-five player in the state of California. So big, big get as Oregon continues to rock and roll from a recruiting standpoint. USC um, offered... Uh, Four-star outside backer prospect in the 2022 class uh, from St. Francis, Maryland. Jason Barham um, picked up an offer from USC. Highly recruited kid. He is not close to committing. He's 6'3", 230, can really run. He's a top 40 overall prospect, a top five outside backer prospect, a top two player in the state of Maryland. Going to go, you know, certainly – All the big ones, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Arizona State, Florida, Iowa, Nebraska, Virginia, A&M, Penn State, just among the schools that are interested in this young man. But got an offer yesterday from the Trojans. So let's get into a little bit how this recruiting has gone thus far in the Pac-12 for the class of 2021. And Oregon and USC have done – A really good job. So let's just start there. Um, They've got 16 commitments to USC. So they've got um, a a lot of play. And and that is very unusual for them. So what they have done is gotten out early, strong, and assuming they finish strong, they're going to have an outstanding class. Really high. They've got 10 four-star commitments, um, you know, that's more than anybody other than Oregon in the conference. Now, Oregon is right there with them. Um, you know, they um, t- got Tony Franklin, as I mentioned this week. Um, he's the highest-rated recruit at this stage for Oregon, and it's a really good group. I think they're really close. I, it's a it's it's negligible to who has the better class when it comes right down to it. It's going to be finishing it out, and it's going to come down to those two because nobody's really close. Um, After those two, uh, give it up for Justin Wilcox and Cal. They got a commitment from three star Fatou Isafi, uh, whose two brothers play in the Pac 12. Um, They've done a pretty solid job. UCLA has done a decent job. Um, They've got nine, uh, they've got some good players. Uh, Xavier Staples, Isaiah Newcomb, who we just talked about, Deshaun Morrell, the running back over the past six days, really helped. They've got only one four-star recruit. Um, uh, They've just, though, got a lot of volume. I don't think the quality is what they need at this point. Um, Washington's been a little bit behind. They got their first high school commitment with McClutchin that we just talked about since April. So they've got some work to do. He's a good player, uh, but but they're a little bit behind on where their recruiting is. Washington State has got eight commitments since the beginning of May. Xavier Ward not only represents the most recent one, but the highest-rated recruit to pledge to this Washington State class. All eight commitments are currently three-star players, but Ward is 32nd-ranked, dual-threat quarterback, top 100 player in the state of California. Is all the twos to make the leap to be a four-star player by year's end. Um... Then I would say the Arizona schools. And, um, you know, Arizona uh, got off to a good start in June when they doubled. Um, I They would have been a little lower, but they've got some quality players this past couple of weeks. Cole Batson that we talked about, three-star athlete on June 14th, then three-star defensive then Kayvon Garcia, uh, three-star safety, Dalton Johnson, um, each uh, commitment from Texas. So uh, the the ties to the state for Kevin that's going to be the key. It's I think a critical next couple of season of recruiting for Kevin Sumlin at U of A. Uh, Arizona State uh, got a commitment from three star outside backer Isaiah Pipkin from North Carolina. Uh, and the uh, he's six six two twenty. They they're you know he's very very raw. They they're just a little bit behind. They've got the Charles Snowden. Uh, they just don't have a lot of numbers at this point. I suspect that they'll finish a little bit higher, but not not very high at this point. Oregon State, um, they recently got a couple of key commitments. JUCO transfer Alex Lemon, uh, really good player. six four has got the size to play early in the rotation on Oregon State's defensive line, which is what you need from JUCO players. He's one of the top two, three defensive ends in JUCO this fall. Um so solid get for them Utah would probably be next they got four pledges they got the Bahua kid the defensive end uh kind of the typical guy they've got seven um uh they got uh, five six or seven players they've got committed actually um four uh, at this point so they're a little bit behind there that's right, they had a couple of guys that we thought they were going to get. So they're, they're stuck at about four now. So that's probably about where they should be. Stanford, um, they, they you know, they are really, really slow. They're not – their recruiting has dropped off quite a bit. They're averaging two commitments a month. They've done nothing in June. They've just got not a whole lot done at this point. Colorado's not – probably would bring up the rear um, – because they've got such a late start, this is this is going to be a tough tough couple of years for Colorado just to get off the mat. So we'll take uh, a look at that. Uh, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about Washington State today. We'll pick up with Colorado uh, next time we reconvene next week. But I want to talk a little about the Cougs and um, Mike Leach. Of course, leaves behind a. a a, a, certainly an interesting program. Uh, a string of five consecutive bowl appearances. Nick Rolovich comes in from Hawaii, a bright, polarizing personality, with a run and shoot offense, not the air raid offense. Rolovich did a good job at his alma mater in the Mountain West, and ten and five record really did a good job. Um. You know, he's really fired up. He's, um, You know, the problem is while there's – I would say that Mike did a really good job, he certainly left them without a quarterback. It's the only team in the Pac-12 without a returning snap at quarterback, and they desperately need to mend this defense. They allowed 37 points per game. We'll see if they can do it, if it's still more of the fun and gun type stuff. Um, they've had a quarterback selected, have Wazoo, in the last three drafts. They've lacked continuity, uh, and it finally could catch up with them. Um, Gordon was really good. They've got Cameron Cooper, a redshirt sophomore. um, Got some natural ability, strong arm, the redshirt freshman, Gunnar Cruz. They really needed spring ball, which they didn't get to help. Uh, Obviously, their star player is – Max Borgie, really good college back that's good in the open field and is effective because of how they get you spread out. And, you know, he's not great at attacking um, a tight box, but with the box being vacated and uh, open to be able to make moves, the running game can really um, kick into high gear. Max Borgie's is outstanding. They've had really good receivers. Uh, Mike has had it leaves behind Tay Martin and Renard Bell and Travell Harrison, um, Calvin Jackson, Jameer Calvin. Um, the offensive linemen are uh, accustomed to those big splits in the airway. Um, they're going to have to adjust, but they got 77 starts under its collective belt. Two potential. Tackles that could play Liam Ryan and Abraham Lucas, so going to be quite the challenge there. But like some of the things up front, and like the back, uh, defensively, got this this is a defense that's so bad. Gave up 50 points in the second half and a 67-63 loss to UCLA. Defensive coordinator walked out just two weeks later. Uh, it's a 4-3 base defense is going to have to take shape under Jack uh, Jake Dickert from. Wyoming, Wyoming, who did a really good job there. Um, the returning starters, Dallas Hobbs and Will Rogers in the interior defensive line. Uh, but to me, it's Willie Taylor, a rushbacker, has got to become more effective with his hands in the dirt, rushing the passer. Jihad Wood was one of the more productive linebackers last year. 150 or so tackles. Big time motor. He's got to assert himself. Justice Rogers and Dylan Sherman are experienced linebackers who spent three years uh, opposite Woods. Um, uh, unfortunately, tragedy with Bryce Beekman in the secondary, the starter at free safety. Um, the death of him was just very, very tragic. Uh, Skylar Thomas in the corners, Derek Langford and George Hicks um, are going to have to step in. I, you know, I look got, got a pretty good kicking group. Blake Miles is a really good kicker. And Drugovic, a fellow Texan, is a really strong-legged punter. Um, the The conference schedule's fairly easy. Um, I mean, Houston and Utah State are, are not easy, but those are winnable. Uh, Idaho, um, you know, so you got a chance. And then you got Oregon State on the road, then Cal. We'll see. I, I still think this team's going to take a step back a little bit. Um, we're going to see what he does with the offense considering – that he didn't have a spring to work with. Um it's going to be a different type of concepts but it's going to be fun. It's going to be outstanding. It's going to be a hard job. It is. It's in recruiting and I think he's done a solid job there. Let me let me put in perspective how bad they were last year defensively. Washington State forced opponents to go 3 and out just 20.6% of drives at last year. That was the worst rate of all Power 5 teams and tied with UTEP for the worst nationally. The worst, Washington State struggled to get off the field defensively. Uh, opponents gained an average of 41.25 yards per possession against Washington State last year. That's not only the worst in the Pac-12, but also the worst among all P5 schools. And then they ran offensively. 14.84 offensive plays before scoring a touchdown last year. An average, which is the fastest rate in the Pac-12, and number 10 in the country. So so what, what does that tell you right there? They score quick. They can't stop anybody. They can't protect the lead because they can't play any ball control. They've been very gimmicky-oriented, not very balanced. That's been the issue. So the challenge for Nick Rolovich is to come in certainly take advantage of what some of the things they do have. Don't have the quarterback, but they've got to f- figure that out, and that's going to be a challenge this year. But they've got to fix that, but play better complementary football. We'll see if they're going to be able to do that. So we'll take a look at the Calderells, Colorado Buffaloes next time. As Mel Tucker left Colorado late to go to Michigan State, and we'll get into – what has been left at Colorado and the chore that is there. Hey, a reminder again, check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest inside information and analysis of the college and pro game. Also, check out um, 401K Generation. Give those fine folks a call or a text. Um, No obligation. Just give them a call or a text. Tell them that we sent you. They're licensed in all 50 states. Get on track to your financial health and wealth by giving the folks at 401k Generation a call or text at one Hey, we appreciate you joining us. Have a great weekend. Flip on over and listen to our pro football show. And uh, certainly stay tuned for all the latest that we've got um, scheduled for you as we begin to improve our podcast uh, family over at com. Hey, so have a great weekend